0: What is the argument for not diversifying? I want to start off by quoting Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett says, diversification is protection against ignorance. It makes very little sense for those who know what they're doing. That Those are his words, right? So he says that why diversification is only required when investors do not understand what they're doing. And so at this time, I think my answer would have been different a decade ago, but at this time, I completely agree with what he's saying. And I got into real estate for diversification, but I stayed in real estate for the returns. So even if the market stays flat, you have the ability to control the things like forcing appreciation and tax saving. And that's the important thing to remember with real estate, right? So when you really understand real estate, then it reduces the case for diversification because the returns are significantly higher and you're able to get that asymmetric risk reward by just using the right strategies. Welcome to Generational Wealth M.D.'s podcast on financial freedom through investing in real estate. My name is Param Balatandapani. I'm a mom, radiologist, real estate investor, and mentor to others looking to start or scale their real estate portfolios. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with inspiration, strategies, and insight so that you can stop trading your time for money and live life on your terms. If you love the episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Guys, today we have an interesting topic to diversify or not to diversify. And I really want to deep dive into this because there are two camps and I want to really know where everyone stands. I want to tell you my take on it. But before we get started, I have exciting news. The website is up. We are ready to have another one of our 10XU Financial Freedom events coming up in September from the 7th to the 14th. We do this twice a year. It's where we bring all of the education together into three days where we're taking everything. It's almost eight to nine hours of coaching, content. We go live. It's a free event open to everyone in the community. And we love, we usually have thousands of physicians attending at the same time. You can go onto the site and register for it at generationalwealthmd.com slash event, all in lowercase. It's a time where we go over, if you're new to real estate, if you have no idea where to start, if you're someone who's who has a few properties and you're stuck and you're trying to scale, we cover everything real estate from How do you start? What your next actionable step should be? How do you come up with a game plan? What makes sense for you? How do you pick among the plethora of options out there? And then how do you scale from there? This time it's super exciting. We're also going to have some of our students join us and share their stories, their challenges. It is a very challenging environment right now with interest rates the way they are, with the low transaction volumes, property prices staying high. But our members are still having amazing success. They're still using all of these strategies. So we're going to go over the proven framework and have others come and share their stories. So I'm super excited. Again, that's generationalwealthmd.com/slash-event. So please go ahead and make sure you register for that. And now let's get started, deep dive into what we want to talk about today, which is diversification: to diversify or not to diversify. So I'm going to start off with the traditional path, right—the path that most of us have taken, right—and it's based on the fact that you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. This is what we've been hearing all the time. And so we're taught traditionally to diversify within asset classes and across asset classes, right? So that's the difference over there. So most of you, hopefully, especially if you're starting out, you have a diversified portfolio, you're investing in the stock market. And when I say the stock market, I know when I started out, I started off investing in individual stocks, right? The dividend aristocrats. And I slowly transitioned away from that. And then I started investing in index funds. The S&P 500 index fund is the one one of my favorites. So when you invest in an index fund, you're investing, in, especially in the S&P 500, you're investing in the 500 highest producing companies in the United States, right, that are a large cap, that have a large market share. And so you're diversified over there. You're diversified within the asset class. And then in addition to that, hopefully you're also, you also have some bonds. Most of us are investing in bonds. Some of us are investing in international stocks and you have some commodities in there. You have real estate in there, right? So it's a diversified portfolio. And again, same thing within real estate. You can be diversified within real estate also across markets by investing in multiple markets, across sponsors. That's what we try to do with GW Capital. If you're investing passively in syndications, you can be investing with more than one sponsor. there's diversification there. We work with two trusted partners that we have a great relationship with, so we bring that sponsor and market diversification to the community. You're likely also when you're investing in real estate there's some diversification across strategy. Some of our members do short term rentals and long term rentals and syndications right so there's some diversification there and then the fourth way you diversify is across time right you're investing across different market cycles so Just because there's uncertainty in the economy, you don't stop investing. You're diversifying across time. That's the dollar cost averaging approach that you use in investing in the stock market. The same thing with real estate. So you're investing across time, right? And so there's diversification within the asset classes and there's diversification across asset classes. So why do we do this? Why is diversification in your portfolio so important in the traditional sense? If you think about 2000 to 2009 that is called the lost decade and it's called the lost decade because as far as the S&P 500 index goes right that index stayed flat it went down it dropped it went back up so it stayed flat across that decade and it's called the lost decade there was an article though in the wall street journal by bert markiel where he talked about during that lost decade if an individual had diversified their portfolio across index funds which allows you to invest in U.S. stocks, invested in international foreign stocks, emerging market stocks, bonds, and real estate, they would have taken a $100,000 portfolio and increased it up to $192,000. So that's compound interest. So that's a 6.7% average annualized return. You can see how much of an impact diversification would have had on that portfolio, right? Now, Ray Dalio also, his strategy, talks about investing in 15 uncorrelated investments across stocks, bonds, real estate, gold, commodities, right? And the goal is to reduce your risk by 80%. These are numbers that he states, right? And to increase your returns by 5%. So you can see that we're talking about the whole point of diversification is to give your portfolio asymmetric risk reward. So you're reducing risk while increasing reward. That's the goal of diversification. Now, when I started out investing in real estate, I started out because... At that time, with my understanding, right, when I was starting out, I wanted to be investing in an inflation-adjusted asset that was not correlated to the stock market. right? That's where the bulk of my retirement accounts were invested in, and I wanted to diversify primarily to invest in an asset that wasn't correlated to the stock market. Because everything is cyclical, and the goal was, again, to have that asymmetric risk-reward. So that makes a lot of sense, and it made a lot of sense to me then, but I'm now in the other camp, so hear me out what is the argument for not diversifying? I want to start off by quoting Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett says, diversification is protection against ignorance. It makes very little sense for those who know what they're doing. That those are his words, right? So he says that why diversification is only required when investors do not understand what they're doing. And so at this time, I think my answer would have been different a decade ago, but at this time, I completely agree with what he's saying. And I got into real estate for diversification, but I stayed in real estate for the returns. So let me explain that. Let's take another look at numbers, right? Let's take a look at 2020 and 2021. I remember in 2020, and if you were doing this, let me know. But I know a lot of my friends were doing this. In 2020, 2021, everyone was doing options, day trading. And I heard a lot of people around me. And all those are traditionally, if you're entering and exiting within in less than a year, That's considered short-term gains, the shorter duration trades, and they were boasting 20 to 30% returns. Now, if those are short-term gains, and if you live anywhere near California or in most states, if you're in a high-income tax bracket, you're paying marginal taxes on that income, which means that even if you make 20 to 30% returns overall and you look at it and you go, my God, look at that. That was amazing. You're actually only making half of that, so 10 to 15%. And what happens if your portfolio did really great, you were holding on to it, you were smart and you weren't entering and exiting rapidly. If you were holding on to it, then, and if that's your strategy, buy and hold, then you're averaging out to a 10% return anyways. And that's what you're looking at. Now, what happened to leveraged real estate at that point? What does leveraged real estate mean when you have a mortgage on it? So real estate saw the same thing. They saw a 20% hike in, in prices, and in home prices. If you look at national averages, it was about 20% for each of those years, actually. And I actually got trolled on social media for talking about this when you get twenty percent returns on real estate that's actually an eighty percent roi and that's the difference between stocks and real estate and I'll explain to you why so suppose you purchased a two hundred thousand dollar property and you put a fifty thousand down payment right so now you're leveraging your money you have a mortgage on it so you put fifty thousand down and that property assuming that property went up by twenty percent so it went up by forty thousand right so it's gone up in price by forty thousand but the entire home value has gone up in, in value by 40000 You have $50,000 in that property, but you have a $40,000 gain on the property, which is an 80% ROI for you. That is the magic of leverage, right? So between leverage and inflation, because inflation, yes, that's why home prices went up, but rents also went up. Suddenly you were cash flowing massively because your mortgage was fixed and most of you, that's your biggest expense, right? And so as your rents go up and your biggest expense stays the same, your cash flow is increasing massively. So not only did you benefit from leverage uh, with home price appreciation, you also benefited from cash flow and then debt paid on was happening. And if you were someone who could tap into advanced tax savings, and I know this doesn't apply to everyone, but if you were able to, and I was able to at that time, then you possibly had another $50,000 of income sheltered from taxes. So you're actually looking at 80 to 150% returns. Now, Compare that to the 10 to 15% returns you're getting in the stock market, right? So if you really know what you're doing, there is less reason for you to diversify. There's actually more reason for you to just focus and do what you're really good at when you understand things. So I agree with Warren Buffett as far as this goes. Now, then I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, what happens when the market stays flat, though? What do you do then? And we talk about this all the time. Even when the market stays flat, Market appreciation is the only thing that, you know, that is staying flat. You have those cycles that real estate is cyclical. Prices go up and down. But we've always talked about how rents can plateau. They may drop by 5% annually. 2008, 2009, that's what happened. National average rents dropped by 5% in 08 and 4% in 09 before going right back up. So the market is cyclical, going up and down like crazy, rents or not. And that's the important thing to remember. But you also, in real estate, have the ability to force appreciation. I talk about this a lot when I talk about even in syndication investing, right? When we are in in multifamily, when we are saving $50,000 in expenses on a property and it's at a five cap, that's a $1 million increase in value, right? That's forcing appreciation. So you have the ability to continue to do that. And that does not depend on market cycles, right? It doesn't depend on market prices. You have the ability to continue to use those tax savings, those tax strategies And use that to boost returns. And some of our members, when they do short-term rentals, they're getting 100% ROI just from tax savings in year one, right? Those are things you still have control over. So even if the market stays flat, you have the ability to control the things like forcing appreciation and tax saving. And that's the important thing to remember with real estate, right? So when you really understand real estate, then it reduces the case for diversification because the returns are significantly higher and you're able to get that asymmetric risk reward by just using the right strategies. And that's why we talk a lot about strategies. That's what that three-day event is all about. So make sure you register for it and join us. And we talk more about this. We talk about success stories. You're going to hear from our members. You're going to actually see those numbers projected, what they look like for properties and all the things that you can control. So as I was talking to a lot of our investors this week, I know a lot of them talked about diversifying into debt funds. And the the way I look at it is, yes, there's a slightly lower risk in it. And you still, with debt funds, you may be able to get 12 to 13% at this time. But remember that your returns are going to be taxed at your marginal tax bracket. So your return is actually half of what you're getting, right? That's important to remember. And so I say, when you're looking, and still there is a case for diversification within the asset class, right? So if you're still looking to stay safer, even within real estate, and we talk about this all the time, especially as far as strategy is concerned, you have your core assets. The asset we have right now, the syndication opportunity we have right now is Park 33, which is a core plus asset, which means it's an asset that is brand new, that is high cash flow. And we're going in and we're moving it from from a core plus safe, low risk asset to a value add by doing operational value add, where we're going in, we're not really putting in a lot of capital into the Asset, but we're gonna increase rents, bring them up to market rents, build back utilities and reduce expenses. A lot of those things are done without additional cash. That's value adds. So you're bumping it up to value adds, and it's tax efficient, unlike debt funds, right? So you're essentially taking a core asset, making it a value add asset, so increasing returns while the asset is still really low risk, right? So there's so many ways to diversify within the asset class and still get asymmetric risk reward, which is what diversification does for you. And that's what I wanted to highlight. For all those of you who are listen, listening and want to get into Park 33 it's generationalwealthmd.com slash Indiana in lowercase. And the last day for soft commits is the 21st, so make sure you get that in. But again, like I said, you have the ability to diversify within the asset class. You have to, the ability to diversify across strategies and diversify across markets and still not really need to diversify across asset classes. And so that's the second argument, right? So that's the second camp. And I really, for those of you listening, drop in the comments, tell me what you think about the diversify or not to diversify argument. I want to know what camp you're in and what your, what your logic for it is. But before we wrap up, I want to talk about one final point. Even within real estate, right? Within our community, there is a crucial role for diversification. And when do you really absolutely need to diversify? And I highly recommend this for our real estate investors. I would say that three times, right? So again, it's a diversification across strategies, if you are entering high-risk opportunistic deals, if you're in syndications that are currently doing ground-up developments in this economic cycle, that is an opportunistic deal. There is market uncertainty, and you're going into an opportunistic deal. I would say for those investors, and many of our investors who are investing, we don't, necess- we don't in our syndications at this time, we're not being opportunistic. We're staying more towards that or plus low-risk segment. But for those of you who are investing in opportunistic deals, ground up developments, I would say that's a time to think about diversifying into within real estate, into lower risk assets. Some of those really high cash flow assets from day one that you have a really good value at plan for. That would be a good way to diversify and bring in that asymmetric risk reward, lower your risk and increase your returns. Right, that's the goal. For those of you who are investing in short term rentals, if you have multiple short term rentals in the same market, there may be time for you to think about a diversification. I always say. If you have short-term rentals and you're heavily weighted towards short-term rentals, at some point, I want you to seriously think about adding long-term rentals to that portfolio to give it balance. Because short-term rentals do get affected by macroeconomic trends more. It is run more like a business. And so it's important to have that balance in there. If you're flipping, if you're investing in, this is not necessarily the market to be flipping with the uncertainty that we're in. If you're in the office space, again, office space has seen a massive decline in occupancy and is definitely in distress. And so if you're in, if you have any of those strategies and that's the bulk of what you're doing, you need to be thinking about diversifying. What about markets? Diversification across markets, I think is important, especially if you're in markets that are very prone to natural disasters. When I was investing in Houston, a big part of why I started diversifying out of Houston was because of flooding, right? And you don't want your entire portfolio to get affected by one natural disaster. Diversification across strategy and market becomes important in those scenarios. What about timing, timing the market. I know there are two camps as far as this is concerned. I feel like maybe we even had a podcast episode on this, I can't remember. But no one can really time the market. Okay. And and in 2020, during the pandemic, I remember there were so many people sitting on the sidelines and saying, This is not the time to go in. And I remember going in hard and it paid off because no one expected 2020 and 2021 to be the years, to be in a high inflationary environment, which then led to Rent increases and property price increases that we did not expect. And so the problem with timing the market is that you have to be right twice. You have to be right when you're entering. You have to be right when you're exiting. And it's really hard to get that. And so my belief is that there is a way to invest in every market cycle. You have to have the right strategy. In market cycles, the market typically goes up, but it has those undulations. And so when you are in recession or recovery, that's when people get the most fearful That's also the time when there's the highest opportunity. So as long as you're planning for worst case scenario, you're very strict about your criteria. That gives you the ability to hold the property. And you're controlling all the things that you can control, value add, tax efficiencies, right? You're doing all of that. You'll be fine. Recessions and recoveries, those are the best times to invest just because that's where you have the highest opportunity. But like I said, it's like dollar cost averaging with stocks. You really have to have a strategy for every market cycle. And that makes the most sense. I don't know how many of you actually when the stock market dropped in 2020, how many of you actually went in there and put a half a million into it and then benefited from it? That's really hard. That's the whole problem with psychology, because I remember when I was trying to infuse money into the stock market, then I remember friends saying, "There's going to be a second wave. There's another time to go and do this. And most people really didn't make use of that opportunity. And It's the same thing. Anytime we're in a recessionary or a recovery phase, That's when there's the most fear, but that's when the most opportunities are. So don't try to time the market. It's always about going to, about having the right strategy and sticking to your criteria, right? And controlling the things that you can control and you have the ability to do that in real estate. So again, we're at the end of the topic. This is a topic where I really want to know which camp you're in. So drop it in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, on the podcast, you can leave comments also. I'd love to hear from you guys. And if you haven't signed up for the three-day live event, Make sure you go to generationalwealthmd.com slash event if you have no clue what you're doing with real estate, but you want to get started. If you really just want to accelerate a financial freedom, if you are really looking to scale rapidly and you want to know how people, how other physicians are doing it in this environment, it'll be great to have you join us. It's completely free. It's virtual. It's live. Join us live September 7th to the 14th. And I will see you guys there. If you're thinking that the only path to retirement is working harder, saving more, and investing in the stock market till you hit 65, I invite you to the 10 xu Financial Freedom Through Real Estate Experience. This free virtual coaching event from September 7th through the 14th is going to be a game changer. And yes, I know that you can do it even in the current market with interest rates the way they are and even through a recession because our students are doing just that. And on day two, you get to meet some of them and hear their stories, how they have used strategies to get to six figures in passive income and save six figures in taxes in this market. So if you're tired, burnt out, and ready to take back control of your time and income, if you're struggling to get your first long-term or short-term rental and don't wanna learn from costly mistakes, if you're ready to go from a handful of rentals to 10Xing your cash flow, I'm going to go over my proven framework that I used to get to financial freedom at 41 and that hundreds of our members have used. Plus, we will be figuring out your action plan, taking into account your risk appetite goals and resources. We'll also figure out your next step to help you actually move the needle so you can accelerate financial freedom while paying less in taxes and creating a recession-resilient portfolio. I want you to go ahead and register for the event at generationalwealthmd.com event in lowercase and I'll see you soon. I hope you've been inspired by this episode and are ready to take action. Your feedback means the world to me. If you found value in what you heard, I would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate the podcast, leave a review, and follow the podcast. And if you really liked the episode, share it with a friend. Your ratings, reviews, follows, and shares not only motivate me, but they also help others discover the show and join the community. So please share your thoughts. Let me know what you liked and even what you'd like to hear more of in the future. I can't wait to hear from you. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. And until next time, take care.